I would like to begin this broadcast by acknowledging the Awabakal people, the traditional custodians of this land. I pay my respects to their elders, past, present and emerging. I extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander listeners. It always was and always will be Aboriginal land. The Newcastle Live and Local Music Show! And welcome back to the Newcastle Live and Local Music Show. My name's Bonnie and I'd like to say a big thank you for joining me this afternoon. Today, it is going to be so damn packed. We have a really in-depth interview with Georgie Winchester, who is super young but has already achieved so much. Everything that she's set out to do is incredible and has been so successful. We'll also be catching up with Sailor and The Flavor following their single launch at the Stag and Hunter Hotel. Feel free to shoot me a message at liveandlocal underscore Lasots. I would totally love to hear from you. So over the weekend, I wanted to fill you in on what I got up to. I went out to the NTL Landmarks single launch, which happened on the rooftop of the Rogue Scholar, and supporting them was Not Good, Not Bad and Chichester. And it was Chichester's debut gig, and my mind was completely blown. I'm going to be spinning a track from him today. And to kick it all off, Lover Lamp actually did a DJ set, and it was so much fun. Very, very cheeky. I also went out to the Stag and Hunter to see Sailor and the Flavor with Cormac Grant as support. It was a fantastic night. There's plenty to come on the Newcastle Live and Local Music Show. Thank you again for joining me. Let's get into it. Earlier this year, I was lucky enough to see Sailor and the Flavor kick butt down at the Star Hotel as part of West Best Blockfest. Now, over the weekend, I was able to head along to their single launch at the Stag and Hunter Hotel, and the vibes were absolutely immaculate. So it's a pleasure to welcome to the Newcastle Live and Local Music Show, Sailor from Sailor and the Flavor. Hey, how you doing? Thanks for joining us today. It's really exciting to have you in the studio, especially after seeing you at West Best Blockfest. You were easily a major standout of the day for everyone. Thank you very much. That I very much appreciate that. You have created something unique in the music scene. And to kick things off, can you take us down the path of how you came up with the band name? Yeah, well, I can't take full credit for that, actually. Um, truly, I wish I could. Um, the band started as uh, it was me and my best friend, Riley, or Big Riles. And we called ourselves MC Sabby D and Big Riles. Um, and it was the two of us wanting to play funk together. Uh, the more we played, the more songs I was singing, the more songs I was writing, we decided that uh, having a silly name and a duo name didn't make so much sense. And the former drummer said Sailor and the Flavor and it was immediate and we all, it, we knew that was very cool. You and the band clearly have an absolute passion and love for funk. So where did this come from? Um, I grew up listening to a lot of Prince in the house. Um, he's my number one hero of all time. Um, and I come from a musical family, as you know, my, my dad is a, a musician, Brian, and he just inspired us to listen to all sorts of music. Um, he would talk about, we'd listen to the Rolling Stones, the Beatles, but also Earth, Wind and Fire. 
they caught my attention immediately. Stevie Wonder caught my attention immediately. Uh, and then he was living with a a man named Rick, who was a drummer who who had a, a huge funk collection. And at that time, I was going to the library and borrowing CDs, burning them to my computer. <laughs> and if they looked cool, uh, I'd take them. Or if I'd heard the name, I, I just wanted to hear everything. Um, one day, I picked up Sly and the Family Stone's album Fresh and Parliament's Greatest Hits. And that was it. That was uh, the change. Yeah, I, I knew that's where I wanted to go. One of the highlights of your set that I've never seen a band do before is when each of the musicians got to do a solo and the rest of the band was crouched down to let the focus be on the soloist. And it was just fantastic. So was that a one-off thing because you were on a small stage or is that a regular part of the stage act? And where did the idea for this come from? That's a regular thing. Um, I I don't even know if it was uh, communicated. I think we started doing it with the drummer because the drummer's always in the back. Um, and then the more we did it, one person would crouch. Okay, we're crouching. We, we've never talked about it um, as a band, truly. Um, I didn't even think about it. Uh, but but it, it feels so good, um, especially because we do the count back in. When that hits, we can bounce back up, and it's like a, the party's back. It, it just feels good. The unspoken law of uh, Sailor and the Flavor. Uh-huh. Sailor, you've got the Newcastle music industry in your blood with your father being a well-known soloist and leader of the Retro Rockets and Rockets from Oz, Brian McVernon. While you were certainly on your way to making your individual star shine, what role has your dad played in your musical education and career? As I said before, it's, it's massive. Um, the inspiration and uh, just the... Uh, it's what I'm looking for. His passion just rubs off on you. Um, most of our conversations are talking about music, uh, all sorts of music. I've uh, had Ty with him every Monday, and I, I pulled up a Glenn Campbell uh, video, country star, and I said, this is amazing, you got to hear this, or Beach Boys. And, and we, just, uh, we just love all sorts of music, and he's shown me that you can't uh, judge styles um, and write them off. You have to see where there, there is quality in everything. Um, but but uh, other than that, yeah, playing guitar, playing bass, I look up to him so much as a musician. Uh, I wish I, I want to reach the point where I can know what he knows. Um, he he's always uh yeah just he promotes me every time and he gets way more likes and way more shares when he does it um yeah he's he's my biggest fan he's my the band's biggest fan my sister and my brother in in the band as well and um he he's so proud and but we're so proud too what's it like getting to share the stage with family members it's awesome it's great um my brother is hilarious he plays with a straight face but he's wearing crop tops and his belly is hairy and uh and he plays and he's and it's like that's him i can't tell him to do anything but be himself and then my sister is just a, a cannonball um and she was away for five months this year 
and I felt that uh, very much. I'm so glad that she's back. Whenever I feel um, unsure in a performance, I can look over to her and just know she's got the attention and she's doing amazing. She's she's so cool. Um, i got to take some credit as the older brother. <laughs> taught, I taught her well. <laughs> and uh, how did you find the rest of the band or how did you enlist the rest of the flavour? Well, back in the Big Riles and MC Sabby D days, <laughs> we needed a drummer um, and we were at a party and Phoebe was playing drums. Phoebe is the conga um, yeah. percussionist. And we said, who... Who plays drums? We don't know anyone who plays drums. What's as Phoebe's just slamming on the drums, and then the the set ended, and I said, "I got a great idea. I think she plays drums." So we asked her, and she was immediately, "I want to play." She was playing uh, punk. She was like, "Oh, I want to play funk so bad." Um, so she joined, and uh, and then she she played drums for a couple, and then we knew that she really shone, shined, shone. Sean, on on percussion. So she moved over to percussion and then she went away. I, I don't even know how long, a year or two years. Um, we thought she was out. Um, over COVID, we kind of reassessed the band and, and, and built it up. Uh, me, my brother and my sister were the only lasting ones from the Big Riles era. Um, I'd, I'd seen Andrew Gray play bass with Well, um, and I knew he was amazing. So I asked him. He, we played a show together. Uh, he played with Earl and the Torpedoes, and we started mingling. And he said, "I like your stuff. I like funk." I said, "Let's get let's get that happening. Let's get funky." Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Kyle, the drummer, um, is was my sister's housemate and went to school with us. We've got so many people. Um, India uh, started dating Andrew, and Andrew just said, hey, man, she can sing. I wanted another guitar player. He said she can play guitar. So she got in there. And then I had another friend doing fill-in guitar, Harry Galzinas, um, who can also sing. And he was playing a lot of shows. And so then India said, can I just sing? And he can play guitar. It, there's, there's, uh, this is not a very linear yeah. description. But it doesn't feel, it just feels like every, I'm, I'm trying not to miss anybody either. Neve Bellicanta on the trumpet. Uh, my sister went to school with her and said, hey, my, my friend plays trumpet. I said, oh, cool, get her to send a video. So I'm like, no, she, she can play. I said, well, I don't know if she can play. Um, <laughs> she can play. Just get her in. We got her in and, and immediately it was like, yes. I'm sorry, Neve, that I ever doubted you. Um and then we've we've played gigs with uh, with other kind of like guests um, Noah Tynan of Hazel Dazel, um, Cormac Grant has played gigs with us, uh, Naomi Blanche on on saxophone. I like to keep the band really fluid. Whoever wants to play and get up on stage with us becomes part of it. It's an open door. So so special. Exactly. Yes. So we're going to be playing your brand new song in just a moment. But before we do, can you tell us about the track? Who wrote it? Where did you record it? And what's the message in the lyrics? Um, the song came to me. Uh, who wrote it? I wrote it. Um, <laughs> two chords, 
it becomes four chords. But uh, I wrote it um, just in my bedroom, thinking about um, just when when friends of yours are wronged, and it it just doesn't feel good, or that that was the initial feeling, uh, and then it then I thought about um, just. I, I came up with the line, don't, don't you let nobody take control of you. And I thought that that can be applied with so many things. Don't just, that's, I mean, that's the message. Don't let people take control of you. Believe in those who love you. But that's, yeah, I mean, it's a simple, simple song and a simple message. Uh, it's just about trusting yourself, knowing the truth and not being fooled. Well, Sailor, thank you so much for joining us on the Newcastle Live and Local Music Show. It's been so much fun and uh, congratulations on the brand new single. Thank you very much. It's the Newcastle Live and Local Music Show. Hi, I'm Chichester. You're listening to my song 29 on Newcastle Live Radio. Thanks. Sunlight pouring through I 
Winchester is a creative that is constantly pushing her own boundaries and working on projects that are unique to her brand. You would know Georgie for her work as a soloist, the front person of Turpentine Baby Chino, a director, podcast host, and much more. So it's my absolute privilege to welcome to the Newcastle Live and Local Music Show, the hardworking and passionate Georgie Winchester. Thanks Hello. for joining us. Thanks for having me. So nice. No problem at all. Uh, as I was just saying to you, you know, this is going to be very hard to fit everything about Georgie Winchester into this short amount of time because you have done so much and continue to do even more things. Yes. Well, it may appear so on the outside. <laughs> you don't feel <laughs> but, you like know, you've done you much? always feel like you need to keep doing the next thing, you know what I mean? Or like Oh, yeah. No, I know I do lots of stuff, which is good. It's good to be, like, reminded. Yes. But I'm always on the constant, like, what's to do next? (laughs) (laughs) All right. So I want to go back to the very early days and what was your situation like growing up? Because it seems that you're pretty close with your family. Uh, Mm. Your dad actually worked on the Tepentine Baby Chino music video. With you, so yeah. What's what's your relationship like with your family? So, grew up on a little farm in Gresford, which, if you don't know where that is, you go to Maitland, you go past Maitland to Patterson, Vasey, and then you get Gresford, and then you go further to Mount Rivers, where where my farm was. Um, so, grew up there, and Dad is actually an actor, so he was in all the movies and blah blah blah. He was in Sons and Daughters. I think that's. I don't know, he still gets fan mail. <laughs> really? Yeah. Fan mail? Yeah. Sons and Daughters. I think it's that one. Yeah? Oh, no, Prisoner. Have you watched it? Prisoner. <laughs> That's the one. It's called Prisoner. And it's like all these UK people love it. He went to like a talk <laughs> thing the other day, like signing fan things. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, random. Go dad. <laughs> I know. And he just made, he made a movie called Bathing Frankie, um, which was his low-budget feature film, um, which was awesome. So I remember being an extra in that back in the day. But he's very creative. My mum, she's in the Philharmonia Choir. So she sings at the Opera House all the time. She recently did something with, his name's Andrea Bocelli Mm -hmm. at the Hunter Valley with Delta Goodrum. Yep. So, yeah, she's super good at that. So, yeah, very creative. My sisters are as well. We all grew up in the choir. I was choir captain at school, you Ooh. know. Yeah, love it. <laughs> Loved the choir. I love harmonies. Yeah. It was really good for me to like, yeah, be in the choir. Yeah, I was so. actually choir captain too. Were you? Yeah, loved it. That's it why is, we get along. It's a lot of fun. Choir was the best. <laughs> it actually We got was. so many bickies and like 
We didn't have any Vickies. Oh, I missed you. out. <laughs> Where do you think the love of music and creativity came from? Like, what were you listening to growing up well, and seeing? It's funny because I, my sisters and I loved Miley Cyrus. Really? Yes. Yeah. She was like number one for us. We had a full ball of Miley Cyrus, like Justin Bieber as well. <laughs> Huge fans, so still love them. No way. We were into like So Fresh, um, stuff like that. And we just, dad had a lot of old records. I reckon Beatles, Mm -hmm. I listened to that on repeat for years. Do you know which um, album it was? It was the, it was called Love and it's got a yellow, yellow front cover. It's the best one. (laughs) I guess like in, in school, it wasn't that academic I mean it was but we got to do a lot of different things like Mm. I tried diving hurdles like all the extracurricular activities I was involved in like theatre at school loved it just like being able to do whatever I wanted Mm. and it like I was pushed academically but there was more of a focus on like outdoors and extracurricular activities like I went to Linuel for two years which was in Morpeth and that was a Steiner school so it was like climb trees bare feet like I don't know be really <laughs> colorful and yeah. make make stuff wow yeah wow. so uh you could have turned out to be you know an athlete instead or yeah. something else oh, I don't know I was always good <laughs> at sport yeah yeah I got I think I got we ran a marathon back in year nine and I got fourth so I was always like a lot of energy, <laughs> loved that. And but so yeah, music and sport was like two of the things that I was just loving growing up. Something that you've created is Purple Talk Records, which is host to multidisciplinary productions from the mind of Georgie Winchester. So how long has Purple Talk Records been around for, and why was it that you wanted to start this? So I have a weird bucket list that I just have to get it done or else I will not be able to go on. So wow. yeah. yeah, and one of them was like become a musician. So that was on the list and cuz I was always too scared to like do it whatever. Anyway, and then I had this like realization that we're all going to die soon, mm. like in 80 years or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe sooner, who knows. <laughs> so may as well just do what we want to do and I have a really supportive family who just was like, yeah, go for it or whatever, will be there for every single gig, which they are, like mum and dad are at literally every single gig. It's so cute. Like mum came in last night after watching me at my gig and she brought like a takeaway of um, like Thai food yeah. for me to have. Like she's just... Oh. What a sweetheart. I know. But um, anyway, Purple Top Productions. Well, my dad's my dad's company um, that he did his movie under is called Purple Top. Oh, no, that's called Purple Top Productions. My one's Purple Top Records. Yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's kind of like linked to that kind of thing. But I don't really focus on it too much anymore because I really wanted to do the podcast idea, Friends with Ghost Stories. And so I did one season and then I was like, okay, tick, done. And that was in COVID, so I had heaps of time. And then yeah. I realised that podcasting actually takes so much work and editing. And I was like, oh, it's done. Yeah, so I'm going to move on. Are you planning to release some more from that series? Definitely or? not. No, you're no, done. I'm so busy. Like <laughs> I do not have Podcast unless there's out. another pandemic. 
that's happening. But yeah, and then I had that idea for Piano for Gressford. I really wanted to put my piano album that I wrote into like dance and theatre and that was like one of the things I really wanted to do. So I did that and I could put that under that label. Yeah. It was just like a, yeah, I don't know. It's just kind of like another branch but I don't. Like an umbrella. Yeah. Yeah. To be honest, it just like comes and goes. Yeah. Like if I have an idea, I like go with that. But then if I don't, like at the moment, I'm more trying to focus on like Turpentine, the band, Turpentine, Baby Chino, and then also like my original Georgie Winchester stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, you know, we haven't seen too much from your solo title for quite a while now. So are you planning on releasing some new stuff? Yeah. So I just kind of got swept away with the whole band stuff because it's honestly so much fun and it's something that I've wanted to do my whole life just like being a rock band so I obviously put so much effort into that and I do so every day like this morning I'm emailing PR companies and like just always doing stuff I'm really passionate about it but then I started um, having a lot of of my friends and family and random people just be like what about Georgie Winchester? Like, mm. you should really pursue that. Um, that was really good. And, like, I don't know, we can see that you're kind of, like, abandoning it. And I was like, oh, my God. No. You're right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was like, this is so true. So I was like, fuck, God, I should put more effort into it and just, like, really take care mm. because in some ways it's more a part of me than anything else. Yeah, okay. With Turpentine, I write a lot of the songs with Gabe and it's, like, our together project. Mm. So when I do my Georgie Winchester stuff, it really is just purely me and I just have to not let go of that and remember that it's important. Mm. And, like, last night I did a show at the Hamo and – yeah, it was it was really a really important show and every Georgie Winchester original show that I do is super important. I've recently recorded six tracks um, that people have just been saying, need to record it, need to record it, need to record it. <laughs> and I did it just at home in my little studio and then um, I got Sean from Novatone to mix them up and I said just mix it for an hour and a half and then mm. just leave it because I don't want it to be too processed or whatever like I just want it to be raw and because the turpentine stuff like that's like super hardcore like Mm. profesh (laughs) but like Georgie Winchester I just want it to be different and raw and like more me yeah yeah so I don't know I've got six tracks and I'm trying to organize Kingsley James to (gasps) sing on one of them what a legend yeah isn't he gorgeous oh he is amazing like I think he's one of the best musicians in Newcastle Mm. like so good um yeah so hopefully we can get that together but um I've put four of the best tracks onto a CD and I've been selling them and I plan to sell them this weekend as well at my shows and yeah, it's all happening. Yeah, and, uh, you know, going to Turpentine Baby Chino, I mean, you've just been on tour and the music video has been on high rotation right on MTV, mm. which yep. is a major feat to even get on there once and you were on there for like a solid week Yeah, straight, two right? weeks. Yeah, two yeah. weeks. Wow. So what was that experience well, like? Yeah, it was, it was great to... Because we all grew up on MTV. I think we were the last (laughs) gen to, like, grow up on MTV. Mm -hmm. 
because I didn't have any internet when I was growing up on the farm. Like, we had no reception. Mm. So we had, like, MTV and Nickelodeon. Oh, yeah. Um, so, <laughs> the staples. Yeah. What more? Do, oh, and Disney Channel. Oh, yeah. Oh, cannot go without that. That's why I loved, like, Miley Cyrus yes. and all that because mm. they were all, like, Disney Channel's Sweet Life, Zach and Cody. Yeah. Like, oh, all of those peeps. Ariana Grande. I used to love Miley Cyrus as well and Hannah Montana. Oh, and uh, I actually, one day I have this vivid memory of someone coming up to me in primary school and being like, this is really terrible, but someone said this to me. <laughs> they were like, you know, Miley Cyrus has cancer. And I, I cried. I totally what? cried. Yeah, I was so upset. I was that heartbroken. How mean is that? Well, I, at my first <laughs> talent quest, I was at a place called Timbertop and I was playing in the church my favourite song yeah. turned out to be You Smile, I Smile by Justin Bieber. Yep. Anyway, so I played that and I was like, this is so cool. And I was in year nine, I was like 15 and I got off stage and everyone was like, oh, Justin Bieber's so lame. Like, da da You know, what? did you hear that stuff as well? Yeah, yeah. Look, I feel like it's really hard because when you do adore people like that, you know, you're wearing your heart on your sleeve and they are just people that have influenced you or that you've, you know, fallen for yeah. as people, you know. And uh, I think it's just rough when people do oh that. God, but everyone so has their own judgments and whatever. Yeah. So I just had to pretty much stifle away my Miley Cyrus <laughs> and Justin Bieber love. Tuck it away. Until it. right now on this episode when I'm revealing it. <laughs> It's good stuff. It's really good stuff. <laughs> Is this the good no, stuff? No, it's no, not. Uh, wrong episode. We'll just we'll plug it anyway. So back to Turpentine Baby Chino. Oh, so yes. you've released one single so far, Write a mm. Song, Sounds Shit. It's had a hell of a praise all over the nation. Uh, what's next? <laughs> Oh, you are going to love it. Of course. It is amazing. Like, I <laughs> love this next song. It's called Calamity and bit of inside information I went to college down at Melbourne University. I oh, studied wow. politics for three years. What? Yeah. I didn't know this. Yeah, I know. Random. Politics? Yeah. Why? Because I just, I went travelling for a year and I, I just thought the world was cooked mm. and I wanted to help. Yeah. And then I realised yeah. that the world is just going to be so cooked and it's so depressing. <sighs> So that's why I'm not doing that anymore. I'm doing music because it's not depressing. But the thing is, you know, whether you do go down the route of uh, being a politician or a musician, you can make such a big difference in both of those fields, especially when it comes to, you know, social justice and uh, helping the environment. I feel like whatever you do through Turpentine Baby Chino or Georgie Winchester, Mm. you know, you're creating this platform to be able to be vocal about what it is that you care about and where you see needs help and change. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I do have a lot of like environmental songs and like feminist songs and things like that, which is cool. And I do, I would prefer to be vocal in my music Mm -hmm. any other than any other way Um, because otherwise it just gets way too depressing. But good on those people for like sticking it out because we need you. I just like, I can't. Mm. I can't be a politician. Yeah. Anyway, anyway where, where, where were we, we before? <laughs> I asked, oh, oh you, we're going to give Melbourne. some inside. Oh, yes, intel. Yeah, so I went to college. <laughs> it's called Calamity. Yes. Went to college. I got involved with a bit of the wrong crowd down there and I hated college and just had some really bad experiences. So oh, no. the song is just about how I hate college and I just reckon it's toxic as heck and like mm-hmm. all the different social groups and I just didn't get it. Like... 
I don't know. It was weird. It was a very weird time. And uni saved me, like the study and doing politics, like really saved me from like the social college life that was mm. like so cooked. Yeah. So it was head down, bum up for you when it came to college because you were just trying to forget about the social side of it because oh, it was yeah. messed oh, up. Yeah. I just, I I did work hard, but it was kind of like the study was a bit of an escape from like... Yeah, I was just trying to fit in. Could mm. not fit in there. Yeah. That's why I moved away from Melbourne because I was like, I just can't fit in here. Like I can't find my people and my people have always been like around here. I've got a really good friendship group from that hippie school in Morpeth, Linuel. Right. Yeah, yeah all okay. my friends are from there and also from Dungog. Mm. Yeah, I've got some lovely gals. So I was asking you about your family before, but the people within Turpentine Baby Chino, and there are others around here in Newcastle that you do surround yourself with. I'm talking about like Manu, uh, obviously Gabe, Cormac Grant. Um, What's it like having people like that around you? Oh my God. I don't know how I got so lucky. So I always say that like, oh, it sounds harsh, but yeah, I try and like surround myself with people who are like, better than me and so that I improve because I'm like to be honest a very rookie musician but somehow I get into these situations where I have Manu who's done the con Mm -hmm. and he's amazing everyone knows and then Cormac (laughs) also done the con like he's incredible at his craft and then Gabe's just been playing since he was three and he's just so good and like I just don't know how because it just they just came to me I didn't even, I didn't try. Like I was trying to get a girl band and that just wasn't happening. And these guys were just here and they were like, we want to do it. And they're so perfect for they it. They are too. so perfect. Yeah. So Calamity, Seriously. when will that be released? Is that a single yeah. or are you currently working on an EP for Turpentine? We've got an album recorded. Oh my God. Yeah. Yes. So this is like the road to wow. release the album. Yeah. So we release like four or five singles and then we release the album. And so we're just going to go on tour every second single release or something like that just to try and create some hype and we're just going to give it all we've got, to be honest, and release the album and then write another one and keep going yeah. forever. That's so yeah. exciting. That's yeah, really exciting. Yeah, but Calamity is literally one of my favourites and I'm so excited for it to be released. And I'm really keen to film the um, music video as well. <laughs> that was so good for the first one. Write a song, sound oh, shit. Yeah. Oh my goodness. We've spoken about it on this show uh, multiple times now because it's just, it's so perfect and it really harks back to, you know, what we were seeing on Rage and MTV back in the day as well. Yeah. It was like owed to my childhood. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It was just so much fun. I just wanted it to be like 90s and stuff. Mm. I realised when I was shooting, I should have had like people like with their phones, like filming stuff because that's very like 2020. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. It was just like a funny thing to not have that in the film video because it's unrealistic. Yeah. Which is like a weird idea to think about. So I'm not sure if I'll implement that in the next video and try and make it more 2020 or I should keep it like 90s vibe because that's like our music. I don't know. Now that you mention it. Yeah. Now that you mention it, that it is weird not seeing the phones, but I, I think it makes it more genuine and, uh. Even though it's not, you know, yeah, you're telling people to put their phones away. But it's it's much more authentic, I feel, to everything else that you're putting out and your brand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just think, like, it's just like it throws you back to the old days. Mm. 
It does. It really does. Good. Where are the phones at? Yeah. Actually. Yeah, <laughs> yes. that was that was heaps fun. We're gonna do like the same kind of thing. I'm writing the script at the moment, but we're gonna have a slip and slide. Oh, yep. excellent. I'm gonna be bullied. I think Manu and Cormac <laughs> are gonna be like the hot, sexy, popular people who like walk into the party, like yep. wind blowing with like actual fans. Um, Beautiful. Yeah, I'm really excited. And um I think we're just trying to find a location, but William John Jr. actually said that we can do it at his house if oh, my what? first idea fails. So that would be really fun. He said his his heel is really good for slip and slide. Perfect. Yeah. So yeah. I just yeah, I I'll invite you when when we're <laughs> filming it and Hopefully you can come. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Oh, man, what a privilege. <laughs> so uh, what what's next for Georgie Winchester? You've obviously been gigging up a storm. I mean, you have yeah. so many gigs coming up. Do you have anything that you want to plug? Yeah. So oh, what am I doing? I haven't figured out, like, my Georgie Winchester timeline mm. yet because yeah. I'll do, like, some sort of release thing. Um, but I just haven't figured that out yet. I've just got some sick gigs coming up. I'm playing two shows with Kim Churchill and we're doing yes. a duet on the weekend. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, and so that as well has pushed me to, like, get my shit together. Mm. And then um, I will be doing something on Thursday next week at Jam's Karaoke and that one's a ticketed show. Yeah, that's a laneway session, right? Oh, not – she's from the Northern Rivers – her name's Jessa. Yeah. Whatever. So on Thursday, <laughs> I'm playing with Jessa at the Jams Karaoke on Thursday. I think it's like tickets are $10 or something, but I'm really worried that no one's going to come. No. So if anyone's going to come, maybe you should come to that because all my other shows are like with people who are sold out and stuff. So Beautiful. Yeah. Mm. I'm playing like a festival on the 12th of November up in... Um, Bobbin Hall, like near Tari, and that's like sold out 200 people. Oh Can't wait. I'm going to go camping up there with some friends. I'm really excited. How but, do you um, go in front of those big audiences? Like you seem, whenever I've seen you perform, it just seems so natural. And, uh, you know, you just completely own the stage. But for you personally, what are your yeah. thoughts and feelings when you get up on a stage? Well, I was really moved by Michael Dunstan who are open for at the Cambridge maybe like, I don't know, a month ago or something. Mm. And he just literally got on stage and made everyone feel so welcome and just like you were in his like living room sort of vibe. Mm -hmm. So when I'm on stage, I just want to like make people feel really welcome and comfortable and I don't know, just try and be myself maybe. I don't know. But um, I do get nervous. Like last night I was pretty nervous. Yeah. Um, but everyone always says, oh, you can't tell that you're nervous. No, yeah. <laughs> definitely not. So how, uh, how did, was it Michael? Sorry. Yeah. How Michael. does Michael go about uh, making everyone feel comfortable? Like what was it that stood out to you? Oh, he just like really talked to the audience and just like was so genuine, like just down to earth and genuine and really just told all these stories about his life. And, oh, I just like fell in love with him. Not like fell in love but like I yeah. just fell in love with him as an artist mm-hmm. and like we're, we'll, we still contact each other he's in Perth um and he's huge like he's a huge artist and he still has the time to send me a bloody email saying like here are the venues you should play in Perth and he was the one wow. who like really pushed me to get my Georgie Winchester stuff recorded in the first place so yeah to be honest if it wasn't for like all these artists and my friends and family pushing me to like 
take care of my own music, then I probably wouldn't have done it. So wow. I don't know. What an we'll incredible see. story. Is it? <laughs> yeah, it is. Oh, it good. is. It's beautiful because, Aww. you know, you've obviously surrounded yourself with the right people. And from what you're saying, it feels like you've found some people that really inspire you as well and, yeah. you know, make you want to be better, which is awesome. Now, I do have one final question for you because obviously you've covered so much ground already within your own career. So where do you see yourself in 10 years and where, where do you want to be in 10 years? What do you want um, to have achieved? Where do I want to be? I want someone to take me on tour with them. Mm-hmm. And we just do heaps of shows around Australia. I, I do want to go with Turpentine to the UK and record an album. I do want to like get more out of, I really want to go to Perth yeah. in October with Turpentine. That would be the dream for someone to like just take me around and let me open for them. I guess. Yep. But I definitely don't want to be in the same position that I am today this time next year. Yep. Like I want to be, like have advanced again as far as I have this time last year, you know what I mean? So I'm just going to keep going. I don't know how I get the energy and the passion to just like do it, (laughs) but I do. Yeah. And I'm so lucky (laughs) and like grateful about that because I don't know what I would do if I wasn't doing music. Mm. So. Well. I've just loved getting to talk to you so much today, <laughs> Thank Georgie. Thank you so much for uh, having me. No, that's okay. You're Thank an you. inspiration as well. No. Like you're hardworking, <laughs> driven, like you don't stop and you're, you look fresh and alive still. A <laughs> <laughs> little bit. You should see what bit. I'm looking like. I'm like in trackies, <laughs> like my hair's cooked. Like, <laughs> Thanks, Georgie. No, thank you so much for joining us today and uh, – I truly believe you're going to be leaps and bounds from where you are right now, which is a pretty awesome place to be in by next oh, year. Yeah. yeah, can't wait to see everything that you release in the next year. Me and too. Um, I'm sure that we'll catch up with you again very soon. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. And guys, stay safe out there and just go for a surf. Just chill out. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take my own advice. <laughs> As you should. Thanks, Georgie. All right. Thank you so much for joining me tonight for the Newcastle Live and Local Music Show. I hope that you have a fantastic week. Make sure that you get along to some gigs and shoot them through to me at livenlocal underscore lizards. Let me know what you're getting up to. I'd like to say a big thank you to Sailor from Sailor and the Flavor and to Georgie Winchester. I'd also love to say thank you to Chichester for his live performance in studio. He is someone that you should definitely be keeping your eye on. If you want to hear the full show, which has all of the local music, make sure that you join me on Monday night from 6pm on Newcastle Live Radio. You've been listening to the Newcastle Live and Local Music Show with Bonnie. See you next week. has a reputation for delivering some of the best live music in the world. From those who paved the way to those who blazed the trail today. From those who set the scene to those making the scene right now. 100% local music, interviews, live performances, the freshest music news and the hottest gigs. Don't miss a thing. The Newcastle Live and Local Music Show with me, Bonnie, every Monday night from 6, only on Newcastle Live Radio.